Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to a special edition episode of This Week in Sports. I'm your host, as always, The Pody. It is Saturday, July 31st, 2021. And the reason I'm bringing you this episode is because, as you will see in the title, this episode is called MLB Trade Deadline Bonanza. Okay? Because this was, in fact, one of the craziest trade deadlines in recent memory, possibly ever. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. You scroll through Twitter and there are others that are saying the exact same thing. So I'm going to get this thing started. I'm going to give you my winners, my losers. I cannot go over every single trade, but I'm going to bring you guys up to date, up to speed on the biggest names that were dealt at the trade deadline because there were many and it was crazy. Um, So yesterday, I'm back, by the way, um, from my vacation. But anyway, the reason I'm bringing you um, this updated episode about the trade deadline is because I missed a bunch of these myself. So yesterday, I was partaking in a golf outing Okay, Um, my team actually um, got off to a slow start, but we birdied seven of eight holes. We finished top five, so I'm proud of that in my first golf outing. Uh, Can't can't complain. But anyway, while I was at this golf outing, pretty much from left the house at 7 a.m. all the way, I was there, probably got home around 4 o'clock yesterday, um, to be exact. And um, let me see, I could check my smart lock on my front door to see exactly when I got home yesterday. Um, yeah, about, f- I think around like four o'clock. Anyway, so I missed all like nearly all of these trades because the trade deadline obviously went up to four o'clock. And there were a whole bunch of trades. Um, and not just yesterday. There were a crap ton yesterday, but this thing got started, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, like I brought to you in the last episode. Um, with Nelson Cruz being traded um, to the Rays and then them trading Rich Hill to the Mets and just trades kept going. Well, here are some of the biggest notable deadline moves, um, players going to teams. The New York Yankees, one of my winners, not just saying that because I'm a Yankees fan, but the New York Yankees needed left-handed hitting, okay? The um, Yankees outfielders, left-handed uh, bats, that they played and and in in the outfield this year combined for 22 home runs. They pick up Joey Gallo from the Texas Rangers. He will slot in most likely in left field, although he was playing right field last night in his debut. Judge was in center and Stanton was in left. That's not going to be the norm. They did that because they're playing in Miami and there's no DH. So let's get that thing that straightened out right there. Joey Gallo has 25 home runs on the season. Yankees left-handed hitting outfielders combining for 22. So that's a huge pickup right there. And then the Yankees didn't stop there. They went out, um, sought another left-handed power bat in Anthony Rizzo from the Chicago Cubs. Let me just say this about the Chicago Cubs. They won a World Series in 2016 after 100 uh, years of drought, and that's great. Well, the Chicago Cubs were one of two teams that, Dumped every star player on the roster. I mean, fire sale isn't even the word. 
I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this except from one other team this season, and that would be the Washington Nationals, who dealt nearly all of their star players as well, and more on that later. So the Yankees, one of my winners, they go out, they get Joey Gallo, Anthony Rizzo um, listed here. He's not listed here, but the Yankees were not done there. They also went out and picked up Andrew Heaney, left-handed starter from the Angels. Although he's got an ERA over five this season so far, his last two starts, he's gone six and seven innings against some good teams. So, um, you know, he's going to add depth. He's going to um, eat up innings for the Yankees because let's let's not forget, Luis Severino should be starting a rehab assignment any day now if he hasn't already, and he will be back. So that's like getting another starter back as well. But don't forget, the Red Sox are going to get Chris Sale back also. Um, and yes, the Yankees are probably too far back as of right now to catch Boston for first place in the AL East. They probably won't even catch the Rays, even though they're about three and a half behind them. But what they do need to do is catch Oakland and I believe Seattle, who's ahead of them for that second wild card spot. Because all the Yankees really have to do is win, you know, win and just get in for now. Because we've been in those wild card games, we know how those work. We we can we can handle that. So um, that's not a bad move to pick up Andrew Heaney because although Severino's coming back. We don't know. Maybe we'll get him middle of August, late August. Um, who knows? And by that point, you're not going to be able to ramp him up to probably – you probably can't get you know stretch him out into a six, seven-inning type of starter once the playoffs roll around or late September. So more than likely, you're going to be able to use Andrew Heaney, eat up some of those innings, use Severino maybe out of the bullpen to eat up a few innings and mix and match there. So it gives them some more options, which is great if you're the New York Yankees. And um, some other notable names, you add Starling Marte going from Miami to Oakland. Speaking of one of those teams ahead of the Yankees, that's a great move for the Oakland A's. You had Minnesota sending Jose Barrios to Toronto. That's I hate to say it, Toronto is right there, right around the same spot as the Yankees. Um, everybody's been saying for the last couple of seasons that they're just a little bit too young, and, and, and but they're starting to get better. They could easily jump ahead of some of these teams, like the Yankees, like the A's, and and, and get up there. Um, Toronto wasn't done there. They went out and, and added from Washington, one of those two teams that was on an absolute fire sale after recently winning a World Series. They went out, and they picked up Brad Hand, left-handed reliever, closer stuff, okay? He could fill in that closer role because it's been, it's been a rough one for, for um, Toronto most of the season, so we'll see where he slots in there. Um, I spoke Nelson Cruz already to Minnesota, I mean to Tampa Bay from Minnesota. Minnesota was another one of those teams that really ha hasn't been able to do much. Um, last couple of years, they were a revelation, really, with Rocco Baldelli uh, managing them to a playoff win, to um, you know, uh, to a division wins in back-to-back -back years, um, they had really great seasons. Yankees knocking them out in the playoffs. They're having an absolutely abysmal season, so they were on a bit of a fire sale themselves. Okay, they also um, dealt some other players, but the biggest trade deadline acquisition was two days ago when seemingly. Out of nowhere, the Los Angeles Dodgers swooped in at the 11th hour to nab Max Scherzer and Trey Turner 
from the Washington Nationals. It was reported earlier, about two hours before that, that the Padres were working out, excuse me, were working on a deal to bring um, the, to bring Max Scherzer to, to San Diego. So once I heard that news, that reported rumor, guess what I did immediately? I jumped on to my DraftKings app. I checked the future bets for the World Series odds, and I saw San Diego at plus 800, and I said, if this deal becomes official and they get Max Scherzer from the Nationals, then these odds are going to drop at least half. So I put a hundo on the Padres to win the World Series to pay out um, $900 and 800 profit. And then a couple hours later, I got basically raked over the coals because come to find out the Los Angeles Dodgers swooped in and grabbed both Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. And, you know, I like to think that if I didn't bet on the Padres to win the World Series when I saw that news, this deal would have never happened and maybe they do go to San Diego. But them's the breaks. Um, I don't know what happened, where the talks broke down, but I know the Dodgers have a really good farm system and they were able to get... um, to get a huge haul, the Nationals, from um, the Dodgers. So you might want to, you might be wondering why the Nationals are selling off all their star potential, all their star power, when they still have their best player in Juan Soto and they kept him. Well, it's because they're going to be okay because they have picked up a ton, and I mean a ton, of top-tier uh, prospect talent that within the next couple of years, let's not forget Juan Soto is just like 22 years old. So he's got a few years before, you know, you want to start to get worried that they're starting to waste his, um, you know, his, his better years. But uh, yeah, so nationals were just on a tear with this, with the selling off of, of star players. And so the Dodgers, they are now the team to beat, um, World Series, reigning World Series champs, I don't see anybody beating them right now. Again, anything could happen, yes, but this has the feel of when the Astros won a World Series a few years ago when they made a trade deadline acquisition to get Justin Verlander from the Detroit Tigers. And he was just the ace that they needed to, you know, take them to the next level. And you might be wondering why the Dodgers got Trey Turner as well. I think that was just a nice addition. He's um, They have control over him for another year. The key with this is Corey Seager coming off the IL, or he just came off the IL and started at shortstop. Um, so, But the thing with Corey Seager is he's a free agent at the end of the year, so he will probably be gone from Los Angeles. Uh, Yankees could use a shortstop. I'm actually very surprised, and I will get into my teams that were losers, but the biggest loser of all of this has to have been the Colorado Rockies because John Gray and Trevor Story, obviously the big name was Trevor Story. The Yankees had been checking in on Trevor Story all week. I am absolutely floored and shocked and shame on the Rockies for not moving any of these guys, but specifically for not moving Trevor Story, who will be a free agent at the end of this year. And the biggest... uh, you know, selling point, um, if you're any other team besides Colorado, 
and why these players never last in Colorado is because that thin air leads to more injuries. And if you've seen and follow Trevor's story, he's not been the healthiest of players. And you saw it with Troy Tulowitzki. You see it with a lot of these guys that play in Colorado. They start to get hurt more. And, you know, when they start, their career starts waning and they're getting a little bit older, they want to go somewhere warmer. They want to go to a contending team. So keep an eye out for, for what the offseason holds for Trevor's story because um, it, it's just shame on the Rockies, man, for, for not moving him. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a hard one. It's a hard one to believe. Okay, excuse me. Just got to take a sip of water. Mouth is getting a little bit dry. All right, so, yeah, um, I, I just floored by that. But anyway, um, some other teams that made some some great pickups. You have uh, big names, in, including um, Craig Kimbrell going from the north side of Chicago in the Cubs to the south side, uh, where he will join Liam Hendricks, all-star closer, in that White Sox vaunted bullpen now. It's going to be um, very interesting to see because Craig Kimbrell on his way to being a Hall of Fame closer, if he will now slide into that closer role or if he will um, stay, you know, maybe in an eighth inning role. Um, the Yankees were in a similar situation a few years ago when they picked up Zach Britton and they had a role as Chapman. Brit Zach Britton, might, uh, I don't think might have. He, he probably had the single greatest season any closer had in the history of baseball. He had a sub-1 ERA um, with the Orioles. I mean, we're, we're going way back, of course, but um, this is, you know, shortly, you know, not too long after that, they bring in Zach Britton, um, and he did not replace Araldis Chapman as the closer. He moved into that eighth-inning role, and again, it, it, some guys can just do it, no problem. I mean, you get paid all that money. You're a major league player. You should be able to do it, no problem. So we'll see what, what you know, uh, that's one thing to keep an eye on. But the White Sox, they're primed and and poised with, you know, their veteran manager, Hall of Fame manager, and Tony La Russa to make a run at a World Series here. So we'll see um, if they can get it done. It's been, you know, it's been over a decade since they won a World Series. What was it, 2003, I want to say, um, when they won a World Series. So, um yeah, we'll see if the White Sox can make some noise. Then you had um, late, right a about right after a couple nights ago, right after the Yankees um, swooped in and grabbed Rizzo f uh, from the clutches of the Red Sox because there was talks that the Red Sox were in on Rizzo as well. Of course, Rizzo started his career with the Red Sox. But anyway, the um, Red Sox weren't going to let the Yankees outshine them, so... The Red Sox made a very nice pickup of uh, of their own and went out and grabbed up uh, Kyle Schwarber from the Washington Nationals. And obviously, Schor Schwarber, formerly of the Chicago Cubs, now with the Nationals, he made headlines earlier this year when he went on an absolute rampage to the Nationals, moved him to the leadoff spot, and he was hitting home run after home run after home run. He went on some sort of crazy stretch of hitting home runs every day from the leadoff spot. Um, and speaking of consecutive days with a home run, Let's talk about the veteran Canadian himself in Joey Votto of the Cincinnati Reds. He has homered in a uh, he has homered in seven straight games. Okay, tying the record. Um, bunch of guys have done it, including Ken Griffey Jr. But 
it remains to be seen. Can Joey Votto break the record and hit a home run in an eighth consecutive game? I think he can do it, but the question remains, will he or won't he? So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, Other names that were dealt, again, Chicago with a just sell-off. Um, the Braves, they they did a nice job, I will say. Atlanta, they went out and they got a couple of um, outfielders to fill that, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr. void. It's a big one to fill. But they go out and grab Jock Peterson from the Cubs, okay? He was on the Dodgers, won a World Series. That's a solid lefty bat. They also added Jorge Soler. Um, so, you know, we'll see what they can do in the outfield and see if they can, you know, they're trying to stay above board here, above water, trying to compete right around 500. Um, They're not out of that NL East yet. They're not out of it. But what I will say is your NL East leading Mets, man, it must be nice to be a Mets fan and be out of the clutches of the Wilpons because for once in their lives, the Mets are making deals and they are getting things done. They're in first place currently. They want to maintain that lead with the Phillies hot on their tails. And like I said, the Braves, you know, sitting middle of the ground there, not too far back. Well, the Mets, they started off the trade deadline a couple weeks ago, going out, getting another starting pitcher in veteran Rich Hill. Not a bad move, okay? They're struggling with their starting pitching right now with a bunch of injuries. Then the Mets made the biggest splash of all yesterday when they went out and acquired Javier Baez from the Chicago Cubs. He wanted to go to the Mets all along, wanted to be reunited with his good buddy, Um, shortstop Francisco Lindor, so he will move over to second base. Um, McNeil, I'm told, is from a few Mets fans, will probably move over to third base, and then it remains to be seen what they do. I know J.D. Davis can play outfield. You know, Dom Smith is going to have to play some outfield. Um, It's going to be interesting what they do there, but um, they go out and get Javi Baez, who has the ability to be a five-tool player. He also has the ability to forget how many outs there are when he's running the bases. Of course, he had the greatest play in the history of baseball a month and a half ago when he, or at the beginning of the month, when he hit a ground ball to third base with two outs. The throw to first was a little wild, and he decided that he was going to run back towards home instead of just stepping on first or turning around and throwing to his second baseman at first. Um, The first baseman for the Pirates chased him down, threw home. Uh, Guy was safe at home and blah, blah, blah. You know the rest is history. So that's the Javi Baez you're getting if you're the New York Mets. But it's something. And if you're the Mets, that's what you expect. You want to do something to maintain that lead because last night some um, really devastating news if you're a Mets fan and really a baseball fan is Jacob deGrom, who's been on the IL. Uh, He's been scratched from a few starts really all season. Um probably the greatest pitcher in our generation, okay? And that is no exaggeration. He is that good, okay? Um, He had a setback in his rehab, and he will be out until at least September. So that is a huge blow for the New York Mets, who right now, um, let me pull up the standings. As of right now, the New York Mets lead in the uh, NL East is three and a half. They are three and a half games up on Philadelphia and four games up on Atlanta. And believe it or not, the Nationals are only six and a half games back. They are seven games 
under 500. But after that sell-off, you know, they didn't expect to make a run here. They're not going to try to. Um, so the Mets have a three-and-a-half game lead. They're six games over 500. And what's crazy about all this is the Mets are 54-48. and 48. That is the same exact record as the New York Yankees. And the Mets um, are in first place, whereas the Yankees are in third place in their division, and the Yankees aren't even in contention. Well, they're in contention, but the Yankees don't even hold currently a wild-card spot. So if the season ended today, the Yankees would finish fourth in the wild card. Tampa Bay would get the one. Oakland would get the two. Seattle would get the three. And then you have the Yankees there at the four. And like I said about Toronto, Toronto's one game back of the Yankees. They are um, 52 and 48. The Yankees are 54 and 48. So they've got to watch out for a whole bunch of teams here um, in that wild card spot. But back to the Mets, it's a great, great move. You now have Lindor at short. You've got Baez at second. It adds another bat to that lineup because realistically, that's been their problem. Despite all of the injuries with the rotation and with the pitching for the Mets, they have managed to do it. Stroman, as much as I hate him, he's had a very solid year. They've gotten this guy, Tyler McGill, who's given them some solid innings of late. Um, you name it, they should get Carrasco back. We don't know about Syndergaard because he had a setback in his rehab a while ago, and there's really been... Um, no communication as to what is going on with him. Now you get the DeGrom news, but um, you name it, they've pitched well for the Mets. The problem with the Mets has not been their pitching. It has been their offense. It has been brutal. So adding Javi Baez should help shape that offense, give them a couple more key wins to hopefully try to win this division. And then speaking of the NL East, their rival, Philadelphia Phillies, they went on a tear they see what the, what the potential, what they can do here, and they went out and they got it done. They added all-star pitcher Kyle Gibson from the Texas Rangers, although since the all-star break, his first three starts, he's got an ERA over seven. But that shouldn't worry the Philadelphia Phillies because, you know, this should re reinvigorate um, Kyle Gibson, you know, give him some of that rejuvenation headed into the latter half of the season now with a team in which he can contend on and try to, you know, rip the NL East pennant from the um, grasp that is the New York Mets. And I hate to say this, guys, um, the way this is trending right now, it does not look good for the Mets. I know they've added Javi Baez, but with what the Phillies are doing, they have a veteran manager in Joe Girardi, a World Series winning manager in Joe Girardi, um, they've got veteran players, you know, D.D. Gregorius. You've got Bryce Harper, okay? You've got a solid enough lineup, and um, I think that this really helps the Phillies. And I'll get more into it because the Phillies were not done there. And then finally, right at the latter stages, right as the closing bell, right around 4 o'clock, the Chicago Cubs dealt one Chris Bryant to the NL West-leading San Francisco Giants. Another team, like much like the Mets, is San Francisco. They are struggling to hold on to this NL West um, race. They are currently in first. They've had the best record in baseball for a long time now. It is unbelievable as much as you know they have gone under the radar what Gabe Kapler is doing. He's by far your manager of the year in the um, National League. It's no question 
um, what they've what they've done with that ragtag team. So they had to stay on pace with the Padres, who made some moves, and of course with the Dodgers, who are now primed to probably rip this um, NL West title from their clutches uh, once again. But San Francisco, this is a rental for the rest of this year. They see the opportunity, what they this what how special this has been, and they go out and they get. You know, a former MVP and Chris Bryant, who was caught on camera when he was traded just in absolute tears because, you know, you start your career with a team like the Chicago Cubs. You help them win a World Series, and you were basically the most instrumental player in, in you know, the last 100 years, essentially, because he was basically what they, they needed. He was the help they needed to, to, to win that World Series, even though it was Ben Zobrist with the um, World Series clinching RBI that that walked it off. But um, anyway, those are some of the big notable uh, players. What I'm going to do now is get into pretty much, um, I'm going to dive deeper into some more of these trades, some of these teams that really uh, went on a tear. Uh, I'm not going to get into who was traded for who, okay, the prospects and all that. That'll just take up way too long. Um, But, uh, let's go over some of the big name, the big names that I might have missed. Uh, let's see. Okay, yes, the Dodgers. They did not. Um, they were not finished. They also got left-handed starter Danny Duffy from the Kansas City Royals. They lost Trevor May. They probably lost uh, Trevor Bauer for the year. There is reports that the Dodgers don't want Trevor Bauer back. Okay, so this is an interesting one. And give me a sec. I got to take another swig of water. Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. Um, Yeah, the Dodgers go out. They get Danny Duffy because, like I said, most likely Trevor Bauer is done um, with his domestic violence um, stuff going on. The White Sox, they got Craig Kimbrell. They also went out and made a sneaky deal and picked up um, Cesar Hernandez, um, from the Indians. Now, don't forget, they did trade Nick Madrigal to the uh, Chicago Cubs for Kimbrell. Madrigal, their starting second baseman, former first-round pick, he is out for the year. I think he tore his hamstring, if I'm not mistaken. He was on my fantasy team. Um, so they go out and they get Hernandez, who can slide in there at second base. So that was a sneaky good pick. Okay, um, let's see. Uh, the Like I said, the Yankees, they made their moves. They didn't have to give up any of their top five prospects, which was really good. The Brewers, they went out solidifying their infield. They grabbed up Eduardo Escobar from the Diamondbacks, which is a you know a good acquisition for them there because if you look at the standings in the NL Central, of course you've got Milwaukee leading that division. They're just uh, four games up, though, however, or excuse me, seven games up on Cincinnati, who I did not actually realize that Cincinnati was uh, six games over 500 and having that good of a season. Um, but this is Milwaukee's division to lose for sure. Cincinnati right now, four games out of a wild card spot, and then a game and a half behind them would be St. Louis in that NL Central. So that's a good move for the Brewers. This wasn't a move to win the division. No, this is a move to try and contend um, for this pennant and, and see what they could do there. Um, earlier in the week, the Padres went out. They got Adam Frazier. I believe I spoke about that trade last week. Um, 
the Astro uh the Astros made a trade with the Mariners for Kendall Graveman. The Astros, they're of course leading their division. They're primed, you know, always in contention for a World Series, but um they didn't necessarily make too many moves, but they did go out and solidify that bullpen. So they picked up um pitchers Kendall Graveman and Rafael Montero from the Mariners. Um, and of course, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Abraham, they gave up Abraham Toro in this deal, um, in a series in which they were playing the Mariners. So one day he hit a home run for the Astros. The very next day he switched locker rooms, hit a home run against the Astros for the Mariners. So, uh, that was pretty cool there. Um, let's see. There was definitely a lot more. I wanted to go in depth on the, uh, Phillies. Hold on, let me let me pull this up. Okay, let's see. Because the Phillies were incredibly active. The Phillies, they went out and they, they picked up Freddie Galvez from uh, Baltimore. They also picked up, um, let's see. Okay, yes. I spoke about the Phillies picking up Kyle Gibson, but I forgot who else they got from um, Tex the Texas Rangers. They also got um, Ian Kennedy, who has, I think, 16 or 17 saves this season with Texas, so that will help add some depth to that bullpen because they've been a mess at the closer position. It started off with Hector Neris. Um, then it was the lefty. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. He's got superb talent. Um, he throws like a hundred miles an hour, but he can never get anybody. Uh, well, it's not that he can't get anybody out. He's got control issues and it always comes back to bite him. Um, shoot. Who is, uh, Jose Alvarado. That's who I was thinking of. Um, so yeah, they go out and they, they get Ian Kennedy, which is a big, it's a big acquisition. That's two, two big, uh, cogs that they that they needed they addressed up an issue they had so now they add Kyle Gibson to Aaron Nola to a rotation of Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler that's a pretty good one two three punch um it's going to be pretty hard to beat um not just in the NL East but in the National League overall that's a that's a quite a tough uh one two three although the Dodgers might have a thing or two to say about that um the Oakland A's, they they acquired Josh Harrison and Jan Gomes from the Nationals. Okay, that that's um, so just solid, solid. Um, Josh Harrison will give you um, defense. You know, he he's going to solidify that infield. And then, of course, Jan Gomes, he knows how to call a game. I mean, just superb. Let's see. Um the Atlanta Braves, I talked about them acquiring um, Jacques Peterson and Jorge Soler. They also went out and acquired Adam Duvall from Miami. They acquired Eddie Rosario as well from Cleveland. And that was in exchange for Pablo Sandoval. And I get, I mean, I guess that's pretty much the, the big names. Um, in all of this, let's see. I'm just going through this one more time. The Boston Red Sox, 
they picked up from Minnesota, um, right-handed pitcher Hansel Robles. The Oh, the Cardinals. Here's a big name. The Cardinals went out and picked up John Lester. Uh, like I said, they're just behind Cincinnati, who's also fighting for that wild card spot. So they think that they're still in it. They go out and get John Lester from Washington, and they weren't done there. They also went out and got J.A. Happ from Minnesota. So you had Washington, and you had um, the Chicago Cubs as the two big teams that were selling. Well, Minnesota, like I said, was that third team. They did sell off a lot of players as well. The Atlanta Braves picked up uh, pitcher Richard Rodriguez. Toronto made a late push, and they they picked up another reliever veteran, Joaquin Soria. Let's see. Yeah, and that was that was pretty much it. Um, okay. A lot to divulge there, or a lot to dissect there, I should say. But um, hopefully that gets you up to date on all things MLB trade deadline, all the big names that, that, were, <laughs> that were traded from one team to the next. I can't wait to see. I played MLB The Show last night for the first time since my, my vacation, and um, Joey Gallo was on the Yankees, but Anthony Rizzo had not yet been added. So I'm waiting for an update in MLB The Show. Hopefully, they can get that thing, that live roster update within the next, by the end of the weekend is uh, is what I'm hoping for because I do want to play with the Yankees and, and see, uh, test out, you know, Andrew Heaney a little bit. Lefty got a little bit of a um, weird arm angle, so he might be a nice uh, pitcher to use in the show to throw people's timing off just a little bit. And then adding Rizzo and, you know, Joey Gallo to that lineup is going to be even better. So, we'll yeah, we'll see what the Yankees can do. They're one of my winners, of course, in the American League. And then, of course, in the National League, it's far and away. Um, the Dodgers, they blow everybody out of the water with their acquisition of Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. They're the front runners to win a World Series. If they don't win a World Series then shame on them. Um, but, they hey, to go back-to-back -back is not an easy thing to do. You have the Giants who are still in first place. They're still chasing the Giants, okay? And then, you the, you know, the Padres are going to have a thing or two to say about that. And if you were one of the people that was stupid enough, like myself, to go and bet on the Padres to win a World Series thinking that they had Max Scherzer in the bag, well, don't fret. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait until the Padres hopefully jump somebody, maybe even somehow win that division, and then I'm going to cash out with some sort of profit. Because if I were to cash out now, um, I would lose about half of that. So I'm not going to fret. I'm just going to sit back and watch the Padres because although, although our boy Tatis Jr. got hurt sliding into third base last night, and I don't know, I hopefully he didn't dislocate it again or, as they say, subluxation, um, the medical term for it. I know he will need surgery in the offseason to stabilize that shoulder, but he's come back from the injury each and every time. He will fight through the pain. I'm not all that worried, okay? Do not back out if you bet the Padres to win a World Series. Um, 
as for now, besides the Dodgers, who's the front runners? Um, I will say this. I, I said it a little bit before. I think the what the Phillies did puts them as the leading leaders of the pack in the NL uh, NL East. I just think with the loss of Jacob DeGrom, it's not insanity or crazy of me, and I'm not just saying this as a New York Yankees fan. I have, you know, I do like to see the Mets crumble and, and fall, but um, I hate to see DeGrom injured, but when you are down your best player until September and the Phillies are, what, three and a half back, I have to give them the edge in this division right now, and maybe I'll be wrong, and you could um, message me about how wrong I was, but I'm giving it to the Phillies in the NL East. Of course, you've got Milwaukee. They're running away with the Central. That's fine. The San Francisco Giants are leading the West right now. I don't expect that to hold up unless somehow, you know, maybe Max Scherzer or, or somebody gets hurt. But right now, Kershaw isn't even on this roster. He's on the IL. So they'll get him back as well. Corey Seager, they just got back. So, I mean, this team, there is no reason. This is like the Brooklyn Nets uh, of the NBA. This is a, a super team right now at this point. So it's it's absolutely absurd. I thought the Padres having now four all-star infielders was overkill. No, the Dodgers are even better than that now. So, um, yeah, that should be a, a fun um, division to keep an eye out for down the stretch, as should the NL East. Those two divisions are going to be must-watch down the stretch uh, late August into September. It's going to be one hell of a finish, and I can't wait for it. In the American League, you have Boston. They're, they're half a game up on Tampa. The Yankees um, are still 7.5 back, so I don't think them or Toronto 8.5 back have a chance to contend. We've seen it happen. Teams go on a crazy run, win 10 straight, and they're back in it. But I don't see it happening. Um, I believe that Tampa Bay beat the Red Sox. Did Tampa Bay beat the Red Sox last night? Let me see here. I know they were winning at one point. Um, let me see here. Yeah, the Rays won 7-3, to three, so they're now just half a game back. And then, um, you know, they won't go away. So the Red Sox have, have their work cut out for them. Tampa Bay just half a game back. Both those teams are 20 games and 21 games over 500. And then in the Central right now, uh, the White Sox, they're running away with it. They have the biggest lead in any division in baseball. They're nine games up. They are 61 and 43, nine games up on the second place Cleveland Indians who have a 500 record. And I just saw, speaking of the Indians, Terry Francona announced he will be stepping away from the team at the end of this year. I don't know exactly if that's him uh, retiring or not, um, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see what comes of that. But Indians are going through a lot of changes with the name. They'll be probably looking for a new manager at the end of the year. That'll be interesting. And then five and a half games up on Oakland in the AL West is the Houston Astros. So I'm not going to call it quits in that division just yet because of all the moves that the Oakland A's made. I could see them making a bit of a push here for Houston um, for that NL West title. But um, as of right now, it's Houston's uh, to lose and Oakland's to try to win. So um, that's basically it, guys. That's my recap of what I believe was the craziest MLB trade deadline in possibly my entire lifetime. Um, my dad's probably going to laugh when he hears this and hears me saying that, but... 
I don't know, but I will pose this question to you. Who is the greatest of all time trade deadline acquisition for any one team? For me, the one that comes to mind, um, and maybe it's because it's just more recent, and maybe I can't think of any others, or correct me if I'm wrong, but the one that stands out or sticks out for me, and it's because he helped them win a World Series, was when the Houston Astros went out and picked up Justin Verlander from the Detroit Tigers a number of years ago, and he just came over, was an absolute... I thought it was a dumb trade. I thought Verlander was done. He had nothing left in Detroit, but no, he comes over to Houston and was reinvigorated, rejuvenated, and he was lights out, dominated, and helped them to win that World Series. So that's the big one for me, at least over you know the last number of years. So I want to hear what you guys have to say. You could hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, DM me, and let me know your thoughts on some of these trades. If you're sad, if you're happy for your team, if you're sad to see some, you know, a beloved player from your team get traded or pick up a a player that you love, who knows? But let me know. I, I'd love to interact and engage um, with the fans of the show and, and hear what you guys have to say. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy this special edition trade MLB trade deadline bonanza episode. Enjoy. Enjoy the last day of July because we're headed to August tomorrow. Enjoy that weather. Um, stay safe. Stay healthy. This is the Pody signing out. I'll see everybody next week for a brand new episode of This Week in Sports. So long, everybody.